Welcome to Evil Done Badly, the worst true crime podcast in history. Every episode, we drain a little more out of the barrel of inferiority by being even worse than last week. We've set a pretty low bar for ourselves, and I think we blow that out of the water pretty consistently. Any improvement in the quality of these episodes is purely accidental. If you happen to be listening and notice the quality of our stories improving, please drop us a line and we'll take it down a notch for the following episode. I mean, we do have quite the reputation to uphold here. So, let's begin this week's story by pausing for a minute, taking a slurp of our beverages, holding on to our finely cleft arses, and let's hear the theme song. This week's episode of Evil Done Badly is brought to you by the wide world of Paranormal Investigations Group on Facebook. They've been there for us since the beginning, and they've grown to over 18,000 members, leaving us here at Evil Done Badly behind in the dust. So, go join the group if you haven't already, and while you're at it, well, we'll just be here wallowing in the dust, hoping and praying for you to come back. Please come back. Now, let's return to our regularly scheduled incompetence and get back to the show. In October of 2020, on a highway about 150 miles north of Dallas, Texas, in the town of New Boston, a state trooper was cruising up and down the highway looking for scallywags to apprehend. He's driving along and finds a speeding car that is unable to keep itself on the road. So uh, he gets excited and he starts salivating. He flicks on his lights and he pulls the car over, figuring he was just nabbing some random drunk dude and was fully prepared to kick the shit out of this drunken asshole should the need arise. He parks on the side of the road and walks over to the stop car but there's no inebriated drunk dude looking to uh, get it on inside. Uh, but what he does find is a bit more peculiar. What he finds is a young and bloody, disoriented woman with a moist umbilical cord stuck out of her pants. To make matters even stranger, the other end of the umbilical cord is attached to a baby. And she says, Hey, I've just given birth unexpectedly here on the side of the road, and I need to get to the hospital. And uh, the uh, police officer goes, Hey, yeah, this is quite the emergency, and uh, we'd better act fast. Uh, we gotta do something because we want this baby to be okay. So uh, the trooper decides uh, not to kick the shit out of either her or the baby calls an ambulance and helps them get to her chosen hospital, which is around an hour away. They are taken in and examined, and in a tragic turn of events, this poor baby does not survive. It's an unbelievably sad ending to this poor new mother's ordeal. Now, while she's in the hospital recovering, 
the doctors run a few tests on her to make sure that her health is intact. And her health is uh, perfectly good. She seems to have suffered no ill effects from giving birth unexpectedly on the side of the road. But the real unexpected part is Taylor's reluctance to let anybody peek at her pussy. And I don't mean like the uh, perverts who want to peek at her pussy because they're horny, but a pussy peeker who will be professional about it and who has her best interest in mind. A professional pussy peeker, or if you prefer, a doctor, should be checking her out under these circumstances and assessing the state of her postpartum genitals. I mean, that's where this baby came from, right? And it's probably a bit tender at this point. I imagine it's at least pretty uncomfortable. But despite this doctor not being the slightest bit horny, and uh, him assuring her that it's a good idea because she could have dangerous blood clots, she still won't let him near her. Alright, so this is a bit wonky. And it makes the uh, nurses and that, they, they sit up and they take a bit of notice. I mean, it's not every day. A bloody girl waltzes into the emergency room with a moist child claiming they just gave birth in their car. It's all a bit of a morbid head-scratcher, and getting to the bottom of it might take a bit of effort. Now, this bloody girl, whose name is Taylor Parker, is just hanging out in a bed at her chosen hospital when the local police get a call on an unrelated incident. This incident has happened at a place about an hour away, and coincidentally, it occurred about an hour and away in the direction of where Taylor had just come from. But I'm sure it has nothing to do with what we're already talking about here. It's a very gruesome incident, and surely this new mother of this poor dead baby wouldn't know anything about this gruesome incident. So about an hour away, police are investigating a very gruesome crime scene indeed. 21-year-old Reagan Simmons Hancock was found viciously murdered inside her home back in New Boston. This poor girl has sustained over 100 knife wounds, been beaten with a hammer, and the kicker is her uterus has been removed. Her uterus just happened to also contain a 34-week-old baby. And this whole thing happened while Reagan's three-year-old daughter was at home. It's goddamn fucking brutal. But I'm sure it's got nothing to do with unfortunate little Parker, who just has a tragedy of her own to deal with. So this murder is disgusting. Reagan has been mutilated beyond recognition, and her baby-filled womb has been ripped from her stomach. What kind of monster does this sort of thing? Obviously, a pretty fucking evil cunt monster does this sort of thing. So, okay, we've got poor Reagan, who is pregnant, deceased, and is missing her baby. And on the other hand, about an hour away, we've got Taylor, who has just brought a dying baby to the hospital in her pants. The people at the hospital are already weirded out by Taylor's behavior, and hearing of this unrelated incident makes their stomachs churn a bit more. Now, with all this weirdness going on, the police are brought in to help sort through it all. The police inform Taylor 
that it would be in her best interest to get examined by the doctor. And she should really get that done. By now, some of this weirdness is starting to make a bit of sense. And they have a pretty good idea what the doctor is going to find in her vagina. During this whole thing, Taylor has her blood taken for testing purposes. And it comes back without some specific hormone in it. This specific hormone that they were looking for is exclusive to pregnant women and women that who were up until very recently knocked up. So Taylor doesn't have that. But wait, that's impossible. She just had an unexpected baby in her car. She pulled it out of her pants for God's sake. Cut this nice girl some slack because it's all very confusing and it's gotta be very traumatic for her. So this leaves the people at the hospital a bit more dumbfounded, but they also have friends at other hospitals that can tell them things. These hospital people from about an hour away give them Taylor's medical history. They find out that she's already had two children, presumably in a hospital like she is now and not in a vehicle, and had a hysterectomy after her second pregnancy. Uh, I'm sorry, what? I'm no medical doctor or any other kind of doctor for that matter, but I'm pretty sure that hysterectomies are things that prevent girls from having any more babies. And they sound extremely painful. So it's quite the miracle here that Taylor was able to conceive at all, especially considering she doesn't have a uterus or a cervix. It must be divine intervention or something. So by now, the police know that God probably didn't plant a magical fetus into Taylor's belly and that she's completely full of shit about being full of babies. They inform her that they know she's had a hysterectomy and that it's impossible for her to have given birth this morning. But she is not fazed by this and she doubles down on the idea that she did indeed squeeze out a fetus on the highway this morning and she tucked it in her pants for safekeeping. She also claims to have no idea who this dead girl with the missing baby is. Moving on, with a little prodding and a little sucking up, she eventually relents and lets the professional peeking doctor take a peek at where her uterus used to be with a flashlight. To Taylor's surprise, but absolutely no one else's, I think this is a direct quote of Taylor's in this situation, quote, what do you mean? End quote. So the doctor comes back and says, no, no baby just came out of that twat. So here you go. You've got the doctor's assessment. You've got the lack of hormones in the blood test. You've got a hysterectomy and yet she's got an impossible baby that unfortunately has since passed away. And we've got a poor dead girl who happens to be missing her baby. It's starting to look a little fishy on Taylor's end there. Ah, fuck it. Who am I kidding? Taylor, holy shit. You are double fucked here. So the police go to her with all this damning stuff and tell her that the DA down in Texas is, well, they're ready to lock her up already. They're ready to lock her up for murder 
And they know exactly how it all went down. She sits there, and she slowly starts realizing how deep the ship pile she's sitting in is, and begins to admit things that she had previously been dishonest about. She comes clean here and says that, uh, nope, you're right, the baby's not mine. I went to Regan's house. Regan was mad at me, and she tried to stab me. So, her and Regan, they get into a bit of a blade-swinging scuffle. And she shoves Regan down, and Regan hits her head on a table, and is dying. It's quite the smack. In order to prevent her baby from suffering the same deadly fate, because Regan doesn't want her baby to die, even though she's dying, Regan's dying wish is for Taylor to cut the baby out of her and take it for herself. I mean, poor dead Regan couldn't look after the new baby, so Taylor was doing her a favor. It's the only reasonable thing to do. I mean, she's a hero for fuck's sakes. She also claims to have the knife that she did it with in her purse. She's sort of coming clean here. And authorities would later find three knives in the purse. So she's hailed as a hero. She's hailed as so much of a hero that she's placed under arrest and dragged off to jail. Now, while she's in jail, this unbelievably twisted tale becomes a whole lot more crazy as the details of Taylor's heroic exploits are unearthed. And as you may have guessed, when it all shakes out, Taylor is not a hero, and she's not going to save anyone's day. So, what we've got here is a pregnant woman who fell and hit her head, and Taylor did the only sensible thing by slicing her open and taking her baby, according to Taylor. That's not exactly how it went down. Now, we got to go back a little while. Oddly enough, about 34 weeks to start piecing this crap together. So 34 weeks ago, Taylor, she has two children, a hysterectomy, and a new man named Wade Griffin. Mr. Griffin here would like to have a child with his new woman to call his own, but that's unlikely. She's had a hysterectomy after all, and she has nowhere to keep a fetus. Uh, we've already seen how trying to hide a baby in her pants has worked out, and that was only for a couple of hours. She's not going to be able to keep a fetus in her pocket for the whole nine-month gestation period. She figures this way, dude, he's quite the catch. And she wants to hold on to him, and she's willing to take some drastic measures to do so. She figures if she can't produce a baby, this guy will be off to find someone with a working set of fallopian tubes. I'm not sure this guy is that shallow, but Taylor here, she seems to think he is. So she goes to the doctor to see if it's possible to get a hysterectomy reversal. And the doctor told her she was a nut job and to never come back. So her only option is to tell Wade that she's quite barren and no matter how good his spooge is, a baby is not going to happen. Well, at least not a baby with Taylor. So that would be her only real option. But that's only your only option to a person who's not a complete fucking lunatic. She just happens to have a casual acquaintance named Reagan who has a working uterus and has just gotten knocked up herself. So instead of telling Wade 
He's shit out of luck in the baby department. She decides to pretend that she's pregnant. And in nine months, she plans on sharing Reagan's baby with her so she can hang on to Mr. Spoogeman here. Spoogeman being Wade Griffin. And by sharing her baby with Reagan, I mean she plans to murder her and take her unborn child out of her womb and keep her for herself. Yep, that's the plan. I think that falls squarely in lunatic territory. Taylor dreams up this whole plan and she starts posting pictures on Facebook of how knocked up she is and playing along as if she was really with child. She bought a fat suit and really started selling the whole persona. Naturally, people who knew her started calling her out on her horse shit, but that didn't matter. She somehow managed to convince Wade that the whole thing was legit and he came to her defense. Either he has no idea about the hysterectomy or he never bothered to Google what the word hysterectomy actually means because he seems oblivious to the whole thing. Now Taylor goes so far as to fake ultrasounds showing her fetus, which um, now that I think about it is probably not actually that hard to do. I could probably download something that would make me look pregnant with quintuplets in my colon in about two minutes. Yay! Congratulations to me. Excuse me while I go find myself someone who can perform an anal abortion. I already have enough little shits. I don't need any more. Anyways, she also faked a gender reveal party. Presumably, that was after Reagan announced what she was having so she would know what kind of baby she would be stealing. Okay, I'd like to digress here for a second. Who the fuck has a gender reveal party? Who thinks just telling people the sex of their baby is worthy of bothering everyone to go and have a party about? And you're probably expecting people to bring you fucking gifts. Is this just an excuse for people with friends that have a shindig and take pictures for Instagram? Christ! Look, okay, look. I'm happy for you. Have a baby. Love it like it's your own. But until it comes out, don't bother people by making them feel obligated to do shit with you. When the thing comes out, look, just tell me its name. Tell me if it's a boy or a girl, and I'll make cuckoo noises at it and pretend that it's cute. That's as much as you can expect from regular people. Who the fuck needs to have a gender reveal party? Nothing happens! Boy. Yeah, okay. You might think that this sounds like the ramblings of a bitter old man with no friends. Yep, it is. I have as many friends as I do listeners, both totals of which are completely negligible. Anyways, moving on. So on October 9th, 2020, she puts her batshit plan into action. She tells Reagan she needs to come over to get cleaned up because her water isn't working. And Reagan seems no reason to uh, think anything of it. Taylor comes over and scuffles with her. And in the process, attempts to choke her. Beats her in the head with a hammer at least five times. And slashes her over a hundred times before removing the baby sack and running away. Christ. That is bonkers. Now, if there's one thing we've learned here on this podcast... 
It's how to use the word cunt in various creative ways. And if there's one more thing we've learned, it's that Liberace is deeply underrated. But if there's one more thing we've learned, it's that your search history is hard to hide, and whatever you're up to is going to be found out, you bunch of sickos. Anyway, in the time leading up to the murder, Taylor had researched how to convincingly fake a pregnancy and how to deliver a 35-week preterm baby. She is triple fucked. Now, a look at her phone records. And this, this phone records includes three phones. A, Taylor's phone. B, Taylor's burner phone that she bought the day before the murder, called herself with. And C, Reagan's phone that she stole along with the baby. And all three phones, they were pinged, and they all showed that Taylor was at the crime scene at the time of the incident. And then all three phones followed her to the hospital about an hour away. For someone who'd been planning this thing for 34 weeks, she did a shit job of covering her tracks. She's done absolutely nothing to help her case. And her lawyer must have thrown in the towel because all they could do was try to pass the buck onto Taylor's friends who knew that she wasn't really pregnant. Huh? So, in Taylor's defense, it was posited that they, meaning anyone who knew the truth that uh, Taylor was, uh, you know, pretending, these people, they, the people that knew that, should have tried harder to get Taylor to get the help that she dearly needed. Holy fucking fuck. Right. Of course. It's obvious now. It's all their fault. How anyone can walk into a courtroom and say those words without throwing up is beyond my comprehension. Of course, I'll admit I'm not a lawyer either. Maybe being able to contain your vomit is part of lawyer training. It could sure come in handy. The Texas jury took a quick look at all the unbelievable facts of the case and spent two hours deliberating most of which was spent deciding on where they were going to order lunch from and then they went on to sentence Taylor Parker to death that's quick and that's fucking awesome yay she is currently the seventh woman to be on death row in Texas and if previous executions are any kind of precedent Taylor here will be in her early 50s before being put down now that is a waste of time and is not awesome at all but what's exceptionally not awesome is that a mother and a baby had to die for this fucking idiot's deranged purposes i have no idea how she thought she could get away with this horse shit but i get the feeling she's not all that bright either way a family was torn apart and will never be the same it's a sad tragic stupid story that never should have happened it's unbelievable and i hope Taylor here spends the next 20 years having her organs removed through her orifices. And that brings us to the end of the story of the senseless murder of Regan Simmons Hancock. Taylor Parker, you're a cunt. So there you have it. Another fucked up episode of the worst true crime podcast ever. Evil Done Badly is in the books. If you would like to reach out and suggest future episode topics... We can be reached on Instagram at EvilDoneBadly or by email at 
eviledonebadly at gmail.com. So thanks again to our few regular listeners. I'm glad you're here. My name is Dick. Happy holidays and all that crap. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.